Welcome to the Arlington Baptist Podcast. So glad that you're joining me again today. And I'm going to be picking up where I left off and continuing the series uh, that I'm involved in now called What's Happening? What's Happening in Our World, Our Families, uh, Our Society, Our Churches, Our Workplace, all these various subjects. We're going to begin our fourth uh, kind of subheading to this uh, category or to this series today. We've already covered uh, politics and government. That was our first uh, uh, bit of episodes that we covered under this. And then we looked at social issues. Uh, and then we just finished uh, our look at the family for the last, I don't know how long, four or five, maybe more episodes than that. I can't recall. But today we're going to uh, begin our fourth subject uh, that I'd like to cover, and it's really uh, maybe a subheading of the family that we just discussed, but I think it's so important that it deserves its own attention, and that is the subject of education, education, and specifically uh, the duty that we have as parents and as grandparents to educate our children. Now, I may go into some uh, comments about public education and education at large. Uh, but my main focus, of course, because this is the biblical focus, uh, will be to talk about um, educating our children. Now, I'm not claiming to be an expert on education. Um, I have uh, some uh, degrees myself, or at least one degree, and I'm working on another, um, whereby uh, trying to uh, discuss this subject. I don't claim to be an expert on uh, education, but I do know what the Bible says, and that's always been our emphasis here on our podcast, is to uh, talk about what God says in regards to parenting, and especially in this area of educating our children. My wife and I uh, raised three kids. They're all three adults, uh, and they're all three on their own. Uh, they have good families, good marriages, and they are educating their children. And so uh, while I may not have the credentials of a, of a master's degree or doctorate degree or some uh, letters after my name in regards to education, uh, I can say that my wife and I have been through uh, the experience of raising our own kids and uh, not trying to seem like I'm patting ourselves on the back. We did a lot of things wrong that if I had to do over, we would have done differently. But God was merciful to us. And even through our mistakes, uh, God blessed our kids and our family life to where we are very proud in the right sense of that word of all three of our adult children. Uh, I've got a son, 35, a son, 32, and a daughter uh, that uh, is going to be turning 29 here in just a few weeks. So anyway, uh, I just say that as a bit of a disclaimer because, again, I don't want to come across as I'm some kind of professional expert on education, but I do love the Bible and I do know some things about what the Bible says, and that really trumps anything else uh, that people could say about their so-called educational prowess. Now, I want to talk about, first of all, uh, this is a key issue that we must establish in this discussion, and that is that it is the parent's responsibility uh, to educate their child. I could go further and say it is the parent's responsibility to bring up their child in every area, 
we have a a very dangerous mentality that's developing in America, and of course it's already found in, in many atheistic totalitarian countries of the world where the state or the government thinks it has the right to bring up your children, and in this case, to educate your children. That is false. That is dangerous. A God who gave us life and created the family, as we just discussed in our uh, earlier subject uh, series on the family, uh, God is the one that gave us life. Uh, he created our first parents, Adam and Eve. He put them in a family situation, gave them children, and from then on, he has established that parents have the right, the ultimate responsibility to bring up their kids. And they will answer uh, for that duty and calling. And so we want to say that uh, however your kids are educated uh, or not educated, you and I as parents will be given account for that one day. So it is an awesome responsibility, one that should not be taken lightly. Now, let me go through some famous passages in Scripture just to establish this before we go any farther. We always want to see what God says first. Now, there's three passages I have in mind, so just bear with me. Two from the Old Testament and a short one from the New, but uh, probably the premier passage on parenting and educating our children as parents, and I would include my my present place, my wife and I as grandparents, you still have an, an effect and an influence as a grandparent, but especially the parents. Uh, this passage is in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and I'm going to go through it with you, and I'm going to be reading from Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 9, and uh, reading from the King James Version that we exclusively use at our church, but it may read a little differently in another English version you may have. And that's okay. I'll go through and try to explain it, at least give you the highlights. So notice what it says. Here God is speaking to Israel through Moses. And in Deuteronomy 6, verse 6, God says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And he's really talking about all his word, by the way, even though at the time Moses uh, was given this command, there wasn't a lot of scripture already written. It encompasses all of God's word, no doubt. He says, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. Now, let me just briefly go through that amazing passage, because First of all, uh, he tells us clearly in verse 7 uh, that he says, thou, that's the thou there, the old King James English, thou is the parents. Uh, the parents shall teach them diligently unto thy children. And really, since thou is a singular uh, word, where ye is a plural, he's primarily referring to the responsibility of the father of the husband who is the head of the home and has the most responsibility that God is going to make him give an account for one day. So he says you're to teach your children. And notice the word diligently. You're to teach them diligently. Uh, that's a strong word. That means it's to be a main emphasis in your parenting. 
And, and I would, of course, include mother and father together in this. Parents, it's our jobs. Uh, and boy, it's an important job that we teach our children the things of God. They're going to learn more from their parents than they ever will from anyone else. And, and if you're a good Christian parent, you can thank God for that. But they will learn something, and they'll learn somewhere. And so it's our job to be teaching them the things of God from the youngest ages. I might include or interject this, um, that I remember when my wife was pregnant with all three of our kids, and even from the womb, I remember us uh, talking to that baby in the womb and singing and and just, uh, you know, talking about... Uh, uh, whether we knew it was a boy or a girl, it didn't matter. We talked about their life and, and all the things we uh, were excited about them experiencing with us. And, and we began to read scripture to them already and pray. And, and I, I think you can't start too young. I think that's a great example to follow. Uh, so then he goes on and talks about these various places. And they might seem strange. He says, um, at first, he says, and talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and walkest by the way and liest down and risest up. What's he mean? He's meaning that teaching our children is not relegated to a certain time at home like, uh, and I'll talk about this a little later. I'm very big on this, but it's not just about having a family devotion time for 30 minutes or however long. Uh, it's not about just a certain time around the dinner table, though I think that's an excellent place and time. Uh, it's really your whole life, everything you're doing. See, he's covering everything. He's saying, you know, when you leave your house, when you come into your house, when you sit down, when you rise up, when you lay down, all times of day, all experiences, Class is always in session as parents uh, in teaching our children. There's no time that we're not teaching. We're teaching good or bad. And uh, believe me, I know there's plenty of lessons I haven't taught real well to my kids in the past that I wish I could reteach. But uh, God says in every experience. And that's really what he's getting out in verse 8 and 9. He says, you're to bind them for a sign upon your hand and your front and the front is between your eyes. If you've ever seen Orthodox Hasidic Jews uh, in Israel or in New York City, especially, you'll see them there. They have these what they call phylacteries that they wrap around their uh, arms and they're unwrapping them and rewrapping them all the time. And then they have uh, this thing they wear around their head as a little box. It's right between their eyes on their forehead. And in that phylacteries in that little box are uh, the Ten Commandments and copies of the or words of the law, maybe the Shema uh, in the book of Numbers, whatever. It's some scripture for sure. And uh, they're taking the words of verse 8 literally. And that's okay. I have no problem with that. Although I don't think that's exactly what God was meaning. What he was meaning is all of your home life, uh, your decorations in your home, uh, your schedule in your home, the importance and emphasis of your home ought to be always the word of God. Uh, and he says, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates, which means God's commandments and his word are to be a, a central part in your parenting. So this is the first of the great passages on educating our uh, children as Christians, and it's a great one. Well, there's another great one, too, that I want to go to, and it's also found in the Old Testament. It's in Psalm 78. 
Psalm 78. And this is a great psalm, and especially this beginning I want to go through with you. Now, let me read it again uh, with you, and I'll make comment as we go along. This is Psalm 78, verse 1. God says, uh, through the psalm writer in this respect, or this particular case, it was Asaph, the writer, but he says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Now, that sets the stage for the subject we're going to talk about. Again, just like Deuteronomy 6, parents are to teach God's word to their children. That should be our main uh, school book. That should be our main emphasis. This is what we teach the most. He says, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark dark sayings of old which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. He kind of uh, uh, immediately alerts us that the word of God is going to have some difficult parts. Anybody that knows the Bible or reads your Bible uh, is a saved person. You understand the Bible is full of things that are hard to understand. And uh, there's times when we uh, have to dig deeper and, 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 and grow in our understanding to understand more things. Uh, and to comprehend them. But anyway, he's saying, hey, the Bible's not going to be easy, uh, but we have been told about these things from our fathers. I like that. He's already turning a corner here, getting into the main theme of what we'll see here, that it's the father's job to be teaching his children and the mother as well, not excluding her. She's a main part of this too. Uh, They should be teaching their children these hard things of God, the deep things of God. I like that because it means your kids need more than John 3.16. I love John 3.16. Don't get me wrong. I love that verse. Uh, We've taught our kids to memorize it. It's probably the most well-known verse in the Bible. But what I'm saying is your kids need more than John 3.16. Okay, they need to get into doctrine, they need theology, they need uh, to get into the Bible in enough depth that they can not only uh, understand it, but explain it and articulate it to others. Well, listen what he goes on to say. I'm not done yet. This is a great passage. Look at verse 4. He says, and he's talking about the fathers here. He just talked about the fathers. Uh, This is the fathers in Israel, of course, specifically, but it applies to all of of God's people, of Christian fathers. We will not hide them from their children. Uh, This is the future generations. Showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. See, every generation has a awesome duty to carry on, to pass on like the baton in a, in a marathon race, in a relay race, to, to hand off that baton to the next generation. And in this case, it's the things of God and fathers that are to be teaching their children. He says, for he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make known to their children. See, that's very clear. God recorded all these things in Scripture, had them put down in in the Bible under inspiration by the Holy Spirit, and these books of the Bible and the whole Bible now as a whole was to be carried on in its teachings and its themes, its main message of salvation in Jesus Christ was to be carried on from generation to generation. Notice he goes on and says, verse 6, that the generation to come might know them. 
even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. Boy, that's precious. Every generation has a responsibility. Now, I've mentioned this before. It's nothing new, but I was not raised in a Christian home. I did not learn the Bible from my parents. Uh, But God broke uh, uh, the circle, broke the cycle uh, with my wife and I. And we were saved out of uh, a really a non-Christian, non-devoted life uh, from our parents and family. And we started some things with our kids that I can tell you I'm so thankful that our children are carrying on with their kids, with our grandkids. And that's what God intended. It's the main responsibility of the parents. It's not the responsibility of the school. It's not the responsibility of the church even to teach your children the things of God. It is your responsibility, mom and dad. Let me finish this now. I'm not quite done. Look at verse 7. We're in Deuteronomy, I mean, I'm sorry, Psalm 78, verse 7, that they might set their hope in God. Uh, here's what the children will do. See, if you teach your kids right, and you, in, you indoctrinate them in the right way, in the right form of that idea, in the things of God, you teach them God's word, you make it, regular part of your your parenting, that they might set their hope in God. Boy, that's a precious thing. When all three of our kids were saved and they're all following Christ now, it's been the most exciting thing, the most comforting thing, the most reassuring thing for my wife and I to know that all three of our kids are not only going to heaven, but they married Christian mates, their children are being taught right that they might know Christ and one day join us in heaven for eternity. They put their hope in God. And not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. See, that's what the world does. That's what even a a society like America does. The farther America gets away from God, it forgets his commandments and it doesn't keep his, uh, or doesn't uh, remember his works. It doesn't keep his commandments. But we want our children to. It's our duty, parents. And might not be. Now he gives you one last verse. I'll close with this one. He's going to remind them how Israel got away from God. This They were the lesson that all of us should learn from. Why is our Bible made up of really three-fourths of the Old Testament, only about a quarter of the New Testament? Well, because God wanted us to learn lessons from Israel, his chosen people. And sadly, many of those lessons are from a negative point of view. They got away from God. Their, their, their parents, these fathers, didn't always teach their children. So he says... And might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. What a tra- tragedy. What a heartbreaking verse to have to read. That's the history of Israel, the Jewish people who got away from God for many reasons, but God lays out one important reason right there. These fathers, these parents did not carry on that call to pass the baton of truth of the Bible and its commandments and the works of God from one generation to the next. I fear greatly that's what's happening in America. Uh, it's a it's a burden to my heart. It should be to every Christian's heart to see our beloved America going down the tubes. And a lot of it is this very point I'm trying to make that parents have not, Christian parents, we're, we're mostly to blame. We can't blame the atheist. We can't blame the abortionist and and the LGBT crowd. We can't blame all them. We can only blame ourselves for 
for the demise of Christianity, the weakness of our churches. People have gotten away from God and his word and his church, and we're seeing such terrible consequences from it. Well, one more verse I want to read now, and that's in the New Testament. It's a single verse, just one verse, but it's powerful, and it really adds to the two passages that I just read, and that is in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. I think I've used it in another setting before, but it it needs to be re- uh, read here too. Look at Ephesians 6, 4. It says, And ye fathers, notice that, directing to the fathers. Now again, we're not trying to exclude moms. They have a big part in this. We're not saying they don't, but fathers are the head of the home and God directs his commands to them. Provoke not your children to wrath. That has to do with over-discipline or wrong discipline, and we can say some other things about that, but that's not our purpose here. The last phrase is what I want to really get to. But bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Uh, One is how you do it. The other is what you should do it with. And nurture is a word that usually is given to mothers as a, as a uh, maternal instinct. Mothers nurture their children. You know, they nurse their babies and, and they watch over them when they're young. It's a precious, uh, an amazing truth that moms have this relationship with their, with their kids that us dads never do have. But he actu- actually says to dads, we need a certain bit of that. We need a certain aspect of that to nurture and be tender and kind and and uh, kind of a maternal way. But then the next word is the word that I really think is important to education. It's the word admonition. That word means many things, really, but it means instruction. It means correction. Um, it's the duty of the father to instruct his children, notice, in the Lord, in the nurture and admonition, not of the world, of the Lord. And that's so vitally important. Now, once we establish this, and I hope these passages have, have done that for you, and I think it's very clear that we cannot look to anyone else as the primary educators of our children. I mentioned the schools. Schools are important. We're going to talk about education choices in a minute here, and, and we'll, we'll see how schools can definitely come alongside and, and, and supplement and help help us in our edu- educating our children, of course they can. And the church as well. Thank God for churches that teach the Bible and have programs for their kids and, and, and do things for their kids. Uh, I've always, and in, in the churches we've been a part of, uh, our churches have never been big churches, but small churches, but we've always tried to have programs for the kids to be able to teach them on their level. I know there's some debate and, you know, we can talk about in another setting, uh, churches that have no programs, churches that have too many programs for kids. Uh, That's okay. That's a different debate. But I'm telling you that the church can have a part in helping you bring up your kids. But what I want to emphasize mostly is don't depend on the church to educate your kids about God and the Bible and the things of the Lord. I think too many parents for years and years uh, have done that. I uh, remember back in the age uh, of of buses, of church buses and bus ministries. I think that's a bygone era, but nonetheless, uh, used to be years ago in the 80s and 90s especially, uh, church bus ministries uh, were a big thing, and they'd bus in literally hundreds of kids. 
And I'm not against that. It had its place. But I'll tell you one thing it did that was detrimental, I think. This is my opinion. You can disagree. That's okay. We can still love each other. But I'm telling you that I think it took off the responsibility of the parents uh, to raise their kids and let them put that on the church's responsibility. And it's not so. And too many parents, as you know this to be a fact, uh, put their kids on a church bus and never came to church with them, and it did not help these kids at all. So back to what I said, it's the responsibility of the parents. Now, let me go into one more point before our time's up, and we'll pick this up again, and I'm sure we'll need a couple of episodes to cover this important subject. But I mentioned choices in education, and this is a huge, huge subject and, and big decision that every parent has to make. Young couples, when they get married and God blesses them with children, immediately, and they have to do this. Thank God they they will do this, I'm sure, in most cases. You don't wait till the kids of kindergarten age, or five or six or whatever that be. You're already talking about education from the time that you find out that that mom is pregnant, right? Uh, And you're finding out, uh, or you're you're discussing and deciding what you're going to do. There's basically three choices in educating your children, um, and I call it a supplement to parental education. Uh, The three choices are basically public education, some form of private education, and homeschooling. Now, let me give you some, and this is not going to be exhaustive by any means. I don't mean it to be exhaustive, but each of these has pros and cons. Um, Well, (laughs) I have to say one of them has very few pros uh, and mostly cons, in my opinion, and that is public education. Um, I personally, I I don't apologize for this position. I'm not, uh, I don't make it a hobby horse. I don't try to shame or embarrass uh, Christian parents that send their kids to public schools, but I also make it very clear. I've, I've sat down with and even had meetings with a number of our parents in the past, the church I pastored years ago up in Ohio, we had all young families and our family was young and we were making these decisions for our kids. But I always told our people, um, if at all possible, do not send your kids to public schools. And that was 30 years ago when I was telling people in the early 90s, mid 90s, not to do that. Imagine how much more I would tell them today. I think generally speaking, I can say this without any reservation. I don't think this can even be argued with or debated that the public school system in America is an incubator of atheism. Uh, This idea of completely kicking God out of the public education realm, uh, teaching kids atheistic, humanistic evolution, Uh, forbidding kids to even hear about the alternative of creation, of a divine being, uh, having any moral uh, foundation with the Ten Commandments, the existence of God. Uh, We're seeing more and more of the ungodly kind of school curriculum, uh, textbooks, books that are found in public libraries today with literally pornographic material. Uh, It's unbelievable. And so I would say that the, the cons are way too great for any Christian parent to put their kids in public school. Now, I know what the pros would be. Uh, I'm not naive. Uh, and I understand and I am sensitive to parents. And I've had some. We've had some in our churches, in the church I pastor here, uh, that because of either the financial situation that, that uh, 
private and homeschooling does cost uh, money. It's an extra expense to uh, a family's budget uh, because of the fact that uh, the, the public school is free and paid for by the tax dollars of the citizens in that uh, public school area. Uh, I understand that being uh, what it is. But still, with that being really one of the only pros I can think of, I really can't think of anything else. Uh, I haven't even gotten into, and I could, about the very harmful, dangerous effects of peer pressure and peer influence. I have, I've just talked about the, the curriculum and the, and the overall education they're going to get. Uh, they're going to basically be, be taught there is no God. There's no spiritual part to your life. You're nothing but a biological accident. You're nothing but a, a body. You have no soul or spirit. Uh, but having said that, then we get into all of the negative influences uh, that public education today will, uh, will afford these kids. Uh, I have to tell you, I was raised, and my wife was too, and many of us in an, an older generation like we are. I'm 60 years old now. Uh, most people my age were raised in public education. There was very little homeschooling, and there was some private schooling, but not nearly as big as today. And I have to tell you that most of the negative things that I experienced, most of the trouble I got in, most of the bad habits, the the uh, the things that I wish I could redo and, and not do from my past, I picked up from public school influence. Kids I hung around with at school, I met at school, we all did things together. And so uh, that alone ought to be a very strong reason why Christian parents avoid the public school. Now, let me just say, and I'll close and come back next week and pick up with the other two choices. Um, If for some reason you have to, you feel like you have to, and that's your choice, they're your kids, I agree with that, I'm not your judge, but if you have to send your kids to public school, I would tell you very carefully to watch what they're being taught, monitor their curriculum, talk about their friends, be very involved in your in your school board, your uh, your your school um, school board meetings. When you have parent teacher conferences and meetings like that, you ought to be there. And you ought to be very, I'm not talking about being mean or, or being, you know, a jerk, but be very thorough, make your, uh, your views as a Christian known to their teachers, to the administration there. I would even say it would be good if your kids are going to a public school that you go and talk to the principal and tell them that you are watching and monitoring what they're learning and you will not have them indoctrinated with any of the ungodliness that so much of the schools are allowing in today. I know that might sound radical, but friends, these little lives that God gave you and your spouse, they are precious. They are valuable. And you only have one shot at this. You don't get to, there's no do-overs in parenting. You don't get to go go back and, and, and try it again. And so I think it's important. Now, I'm going to stop for today. It's probably a good spot. I'll come back next week. We'll pick up private education and homeschooling, and then we'll cover some other things. I'm glad you've listened. I thank you for joining me. Remember our motto, conviction for truth, compassion for people. God bless you. Mm-hmm.